please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To marketing at light speed with your host, Ethan Raziel. Many companies don't even know where to start when it comes to marketing and PR. That's why we're here right now. Get ready to learn the secrets that experts have known for years. We'll cover everything from social media to your website. Can you hear the sales growing? Now, here's Ethan Raziel. Hello, I'm Ethan Raziel, and welcome marketing at light speed we're live all over the world right here on voice america now if you've listened to any of the previous episodes of marketing at light speed then you must be a time traveler from the future and i'd love to chat with you further because this is our first episode so contact me later and uh, the way that you're going to do that we've got a phone number you can call in if you're listening live you can call in at 866-472-5790 and again, uh, I'll repeat the phone number. It's 866-472-5790. I would also love to receive your emails. You can email me anytime, and my email address is ethan at lightspeedpr.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ethan Raziel. You can find me on Facebook at, and this is very creative, at Ethan Raziel. And I'm not going to tell you how to find me on Google+. Plus. I don't think anybody really wants to know. Um, but if you do want to know about Google+, Plus, you can, you can find it. I have got two uh, really uh, amazing guests here on the show, and they're going to be joining us. I'm going to introduce both of them. Uh, I'm going to introduce uh, Jerry and Amanda in, in just a couple of minutes. But before I get to that, I want to tell you a little bit about what, what this show is actually going to be about, uh, what marketing at Lightspeed is going to be about, not just this hour, but what, what the entire program is going to be. So when people think about marketing, they think that marketing takes a long time, that marketing is something that's slow and cumbersome and difficult and painful. And I want to tell you that's not the case. And I've had uh, a lot of adventures and a lot of experiences. And one of the things that I have learned is that marketing can be done, in fact, quite quickly. Uh, It can be done at light speed. And that is, uh, by a huge coincidence, the name of this show. The, the best way to tell a story is actually really just to tell it today. If you have a good story to tell and marketing is just storytelling, you should tell it now. So the purpose of this show, the purpose of marketing at Lightspeed is to teach every one of you how you can do the same. And uh, I'm going to share with you some of the techniques that I've learned over 20 years of marketing that you can deploy for your own company, that you can deploy for your clients. You can do it quickly, and, and you can do it painlessly, and, and you can have fun, and you should have fun. If you're not having fun, you should, you should, uh, you should do something else. And we're going to have guests every week, and we're going to have guests from across all of the different marketing disciplines. Uh, I happen to be a public relations specialist, and that's just one of the many marketing disciplines. So uh, I can't speak to, to uh, every discipline in marketing. And so I'm bringing in the, really the smartest people that I know in some of these other disciplines. Uh, we're talking about social media. We're talking about advertising. talking about direct marketing. 
And uh, we're also not just going to have marketers. We're going to have CEOs. We're going to have people who operate their own companies, leaders of companies, of big companies, of small companies, of small companies that became big or, or big companies that became small. Sometimes you do that on purpose. And, and they're going to share their stories of, of marketing that's done well and, uh, frankly, marketing that's, uh, that's not done so well and some pitfalls that you can avoid. Uh, we want to help all of you uh, have the same success that, that uh, a lot of our guests have had. So uh, I encourage you to, uh, to join us each week. We're going to be uh, airing live uh, here at, at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern on uh, the Business Network on Voice America. And again, uh, we will be taking your calls, and that number again is 866-472-5790. Uh, I want to just take a moment uh, before uh, uh, I continue. I want to thank uh, Shira Abel, and Shira Abel uh, is with uh, Ciara. Uh, they're a specialist in improving customer experience, and uh, effectively, they're the sponsor of tonight's show because they're letting me use their space, in which and I'm here in, in Glamorous uh, at the moment, Redwood City, California. And uh, they've, they've provided uh, a space for me to, to do this while I'm on a trip here in California. I normally am based... In, uh, in Brooklyn. And Shira also operates uh, a, uh, a design company uh, called Hunter and & Bard, and, and their work is, is terrific. Uh, if you need things like logos and, and uh, uh, graphic design, then uh, websites redesigned, uh, graphic identity, then you should check out Hunter & Bard. Uh, look that up. Okay, so again, I mentioned the show is 13 weeks, and I want to give you a quick rundown of, of what those 13 weeks are going to be. Now, this may change, and it probably will change, but I wanted to give you kind of a preview of what, uh, what those are going to be. So this week, it's just kind of introducing myself and what I call the Lightspeed philosophy. And the Lightspeed philosophy uh, is, is just that. It means how to, how to be efficient without sacrificing quality, creativity, results. Next week, we're going to give you an overview of the various marketing disciplines, sort of a, a crash course in all the different kinds of marketing in just one show. Uh, when do you do social? When do you do digital? When do you do PR, advertising, et cetera? Uh, in show three, we're going to get into the marketing mix, and that's how you decide what percentage of your spend to allocate to each type of marketing. In the fourth show, we're going to talk about marketing tools, apps, and platforms that you need to know about. Uh, I'm a technology guy, and so I love this stuff, but I'm going to keep it fun and keep it light and teach you. There's, I have lunch with a friend of mine today. He told me there's over 4,000 marketing apps and tools, you know, things like MailChimp and HubSpot. There's thousands of those. And so uh, we'll be highlighting some of the interesting ones for you. We'll talk on show, show five about how to grow your company and how to grow your marketing. Show six, public relations. We'll have a whole hour on that. Show seven will be about advertising at light speed. Show eight will be sh uh, social media at the speed of light. Show nine is one that I'm looking forward to, failure at light speed. Sometimes failure is your best option, and uh, you'll find out what I mean by that. Week nine. The 10th the show is experiential marketing at light speed. Uh, show 11 is uh, direct mail and email marketing at light speed. Then content marketing, and then finally we'll talk about events and things like trade shows. I, will, I welcome your suggestions and your feedback, so uh, all, all this uh, can and, and probably will change, but that's the, uh, the outline that uh, we're starting with. So uh, I want to uh, 
tell you who my guests are. Uh, they will introduce themselves um, when, when we get to the next segment, but I just want to for now tell you who they are, who was on the line. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Jerry Griffin, and Jerry is the general manager of BHI, also known as Bender Helper Impact, uh, one of the, the preeminent public relations agencies specializing in, in things like entertainment and gaming. And uh, Jerry heads up the New York office and is uh, a former colleague of mine, back to our days together at uh, Edelman. And also uh, joining us is Amanda Prosha, who is the co-founder of my PR agency, along with me, uh, Lightspeed. And uh, Amanda uh, has also been at uh, Burson Marsteller and has been at American Express. And she's a, a tremendous marketer in her own right, and uh, she'll be uh, joining us on the show. Uh, so who exactly is Ethan Raziel and why should you listen to a word that I say? Uh, that is an excellent question. Then many people ask me that all the time. So I'll tell you, uh, I have a kind of an interesting background. I originally was a journalist. I actually was a, was a newspaper reporter. And uh, I wrote for my high school newspaper and, and uh, wrote for my college newspaper at, at Syracuse. And when I graduated, I became uh, both a newspaper reporter and I also did a radio show at night, um, newspaper by day and radio by night. And I did that for a few years and then I made the, the leap. I went to those of us in the, in the PR field, we call that going to the dark side. I went from journalism to public relations, switch sides. And uh, my experience doing Journalism has taught me a tremendous amount about how now to interact with journalists here on the PR side. And uh, as we go through the show, you'll learn more about some of the things that I've learned. After that, I, uh, I went to uh, first Shanwick, which is now Weber Shanwick, and then Edelman. Edelman is uh, the world's largest PR firm, as, as some of you may know, and I was, I was at Edelman for 13 years, uh, ultimately running the, the – the New York Tech practice uh, as general manager there, where I came into contact with uh, some of my best friends and, and some of uh, uh, my favorite people. After uh, a, a great experience there, I was uh, uh, ultimately, uh, again, destined to change sides, and I went over to the other side. This time, not to journalism. I went client-side. I went from agency to working at Samsung Electronics, where I became the communications director based out of uh, glamorous Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. Every place I'm in is glamorous, by the way, so you, I, you always hear me say that. Once I get there, it becomes glamorous. And at Samsung, I managed five PR agencies and, and oversaw about three or four product launches every week. So we launch over 200 products a year. B2B, B2C, TV, radios, phones, tablets, you name it. Uh, it's a, it, was a, it was a tremendously exciting job, and uh, I, uh, I learned, learned an amazing amount from that. So after I uh, spent, spent then two years at Samsung and and really, again, the theme here is how did I learn how to do things quickly? When I was a newspaper reporter, I learned how to do three, four stories a day. 
when I went to Edelman, I learned how to manage as many as 10 or more, even up to 20 clients at once. And then Samsung, learning how to manage all those different products at once. And each time I learned something new. I'm not sharing all the secrets right now. I'm teasing the secrets that you're going to learn. So after working at the world's largest uh, the world's largest public relations agency, and then going to the world's largest technology company, which is what Samsung is. A lot of people don't know that, but that's the case. I decided that uh, there, there had to be a better way because I was very frustrated with how bureaucratic and slow things all often were. Not due to I'm not pointing fingers. It's nobody's fault, but but some of these organizations are, are are large and cumbersome, and they're like steering a boat. And I realized that we could be efficient, and we could be responsive, and we could be nimble. But the important thing is is that it's without sacrificing the results, and that's light speed. And it was when when I met uh, Amanda, and she'll tell you a little bit more about that later on in the program. It was what I met Amanda that we decided to join forces and, and create light speed and, and share what we've learned with others. The, the, all the frustrations that we felt when things took too long, when there's too much ramp up, too much uh, upfront, we want to deliver results quickly and we want to help you deliver results quickly. We want you to be able to market at light speed. And we want to share all the secrets with you. So coming up in the next segment, I'm going to talk to Jerry about his experiences with Edelman and his experiences with his own firm. And you will learn, well, I think we might have some fun with that. Come back after the commercial to learn that. And remember that you can call in, ask questions, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. You've been listening to Marketing at Lightspeed. Please come back and join us after the break. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you found that PR firms are overexpensive and underdeliver? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads? Well, you're not alone. We've had the same experience. That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
tuned in to Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at LightspeedPR.com. Now back to the show. Hello, and it's good to be back with you. If you've just joined us, I am Ethan Raziel, and as you just heard, you are listening to, hopefully intentionally, to Marketing at Lightspeed. Now, as I mentioned, I've got a couple of guests with me, and I want to start with Jerry Griffin. Uh, Jerry, uh, first, uh, this is a two-part question. First, I'd like to ask you to introduce yourselves, uh, introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about your background. And then the second part of the question is, for those who may not know, what exactly is public relations? Well, let me start with the easy one, which is identifying myself. Uh, Ethan, thanks for having me on the program, and congratulations <laughs> on the show. Thanks. Um, I am Jerry Griffin. I am the general manager of BHI's New York office, and for those who don't know BHI, we are a PR firm located, uh, headquartered rather, in uh, Los Angeles, California, and we are, you know, we can loosely be described as an entertainment PR firm, but I think that is a bit of a misnomer because we have really made our reputation over the 30 years we've been in business, which actually our 30th anniversary is in fact this year, um, in really being at that convergence point between technology, content, and entertainment, and loosely then describing it as the entertainment experience. So if you think about any any major blockbuster or television show, if you wrap everything else around that, that's pretty much where BHI sits, whether it's uh, licensed products that have been inspired by the show or interactive games or um, uh, just digital content, over-the-top streaming, etc. This is really where we are. We're on the periphery. So... Um, and prior to that, uh, obviously, as Ethan has mentioned, we were colleagues at Edelman. I was at Edelman for uh, almost seven years and uh, broke in, actually, underneath Ethan, and who was running the tech practice at that point. And uh, I had really done a lot of my work, actually, on that same Samsung account uh, to the point where I had become uh, the deputy global client relationship manager for Samsung and uh, I think had been sent at one point uh, to 40 some odd countries on their behalf. But I also at the end of my tenure there had developed a uh, digital entertainment uh, and digital media practice uh, at Edelman inside the tech group that really was kind of my segue then to uh, to BHI. And I think that in and, of, in and of itself is a segue to Ethan's second question, which is what is public relations? You know, Ethan, if you had Asked me that question when I was breaking in in 2000. Again, uh, like yourself, another member of that brigade, uh, being that first wave of journalists that were sort of leaping the fence over to the dark side, the other side, whatever you want to call it. I would tell you public relations was about taking your client's story and pitching the media. And uh, originally that was done by burning up the phones. Eventually we got comfortable with email and there was a little bit of a balance there and some people were old school, some people were embracing it. But, you know, really when, when you and I were together at Edelman, I feel like that was really the dawn of the era that we live in now, which is uh, the digital era, the social era, the video era. I mean, uh, at that point, these were terms and technologies that were really just coming of age, whether it's Facebook or later Twitter, whether it's uh, video and YouTube, you know, 
which had its beginnings, you know, with a Saturday Night Live video that that had uh, caught everyone's attention, you know, and and if you remember back in the day, we were, you know, we were starting to champion these types of technologies, um, you know, internally at Edelman, and of course Edelman being a culture of, um, you know, really, uh, you know, trying to find the next best thing first. Um, it, w- it was a tremendous period of growth, um, and 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 now, if you were to ask me that question, you know, public relations is really about talking to audiences, and it's about talking to audiences through any means of uh, platform or technology. Uh, it's about leveraging. You know your assets, whether they be uh, you know uh, fully produced assets or kind of the accidental assets that come through through users or fans or consumers, uh, and 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 it really um, you know the, the the narrative has been removed uh, you know from being the sole property of the media to really being one of the general populace, and I think the you know the the, the Agencies and practitioners that are nimble enough to, uh, you know, to to stay current, and 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 that doesn't mean stay young or or be you know be in touch with the technology every day. It seems it, it simply means to, you know, remain attuned to the way that those messages are being uh, being communicated to these different audiences. So yeah, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, I as as one of the as one of as possibly the final generation that grew up analog and lives digital. Uh, it, 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 it's a it's a fascinating time to um, you know to look back and look ahead. So, um, what is public relations? It is communicating to an audience by whatever means is necessary. I love that. That's actually one of the best answers I've heard, and and I've heard this question, "What is public relations?" answered many many times because when I used to. Well, when I used to and now, when I interview people uh, to join my team, I would ask them that same thing. What is public relations? Uh, and most people actually don't know. Uh, even the people who, who do public relations, they often don't know. Uh, so uh, so uh, thanks, Jerry, for that. I, I, I like it. So people who are listening, they, they, they may wonder, I need public relations and I need to communicate. And they may wonder, uh, how do I decide what – what to do, how to do it, and there's there's at least two ways you can do it. There's many ways you can do it, but there's you can hire somebody to just work for your company and hire a PR person, or you could hire a PR agency. So, Jerry, uh, how do you decide whether you want to hire a PR person or hire a PR agency, or should you do both? You know, after a number of years in this industry, I have gotten to a point where um, I am actually uh, sort of the, the, the wise man on the top of the hill for the younger companies to, to basically even tell them when they're even asking for our services that, you know what, you're not ready. And, you know, I think it comes down to a couple of things. Number one, are you at a point where what you're doing is extending beyond the resources of what you have internally? Because if that's the case, and if you have if you have a, a, a message and a public relations program that simply needs something to extend what your internal person is doing, you know, and we, 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 we sort of colloquially call this arms and legs, feet on the street, whatever you want to call it, then that's one, that's one reason too. The other though is when you really do want to bring things up a level. And by that, I mean, you may have someone internally that is absolutely killing it. And, you know, very often in, in the entertainment industry, this is, this is the case because you'll have someone that is very attuned to 
pitching the trades or having that everyday conversation, whether it's comic books or film or television, you know, they call that unit PR. But what you, what you bring the agency in for then is to bring that up to a level that is a bit more strategic, that is a bit more um, multi-level, multi, uh, a variety, a blend of social, digital content creation, et cetera. And, you know, quite honestly, depending on the size of your organization, it's very difficult sometimes for an internal PR person to bring all of those communities together internally. So it often is easy to just, you know, kind of create an external resource where those functions exist and you at the very least have autonomy over them so then that then you can you can start to bring it and, and bridge those gaps internally where it is. So, you know, really I think it is. It, it's either you're trying to extend what you're doing um, internally, uh, you know, simply from a bandwidth level or when you're trying to actually bring it up a level that your internal resources just, you know, are not doing right now. Yep, that's, I have to agree with that. So you may say some things, by the way, that I, that I violently disagree with, but you haven't yet. So, uh, but, so <laughs> that's been our relationship for twelve years now. <laughs> that's right, and it's it, it, we've had a lot of fun. So, uh, w- w- obviously, as you just mentioned, we worked together at Edelman. Now you're you're at, at BHI, heading up the New York office. And, and what I want to, I think this might be the last question we have time for in, in this segment, and that is, what's different? So. Uh, what's the difference between what you were part of at Edelman and how things operated then? Were there things that you changed or things that you've seen change in the way that PR is done and in particular the way that it's done at light speed? Well, I would say this. When you come from a, from a company like Edelman or any of the you know, big five or big six agencies out there and you come into a mid-sized firm where you, know, you are looking, you, know, you, you are placed in a position of, of leadership, and that, and that was really what, 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 was, you know, what, what sort of spurred my move. I, I, often, I often refer to my time at Edelman as saying, you know, I, I, I played for the Yankees, and I could have played for the Yankees for the rest of my career and, and, and been a Hall of Famer, but I might have never gotten a chance to manage the Yankees. I wanted to manage a team. So, you know what, I managed, uh, I, I took a job at the Twins, you know, a mid-sized market, a mid-sized agency. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest mistake I could have made was trying to come in and replicate Edelman inside of a mid-sized firm like BHI, in particular with a, with a, with a, um, a, a sort of a um, entertainment background. So what I really tried to do was just bring the best of Edelman that I had from as a practitioner and as a leader and, and, and by the way, specifically with a, with a slant towards corporate communications, because that was one of the things that Dean Bender, our, uh, our co-founder and, uh, and president, really brought me in was to say, you know what, we need this corporate communications element inside of our entertainment clients so that we can get above the entertainment divisions inside these different studios. And that's been something that's been very successful for us. But I think you know, rather than, you know, sort of take everything wholesale from Edelman and try and implement it into a completely, you know, alien environment, it was really more of a blend of trying to bring things up where I saw that they could be brought up, but everywhere else, not really, you know, not, not, not trying to fix that which wasn't broken and just adding a new fresh set of eyes and a voice into the conversation. That's that's a really good way of putting it. Uh, adding a, a new set of of, um, of eyes into the conversation. Well, that doesn't make sense at all. A, a new a new <laughs> a new a new voice into the conversation, I guess. But I I, I love that. Uh, 
And uh, uh, Jerry, uh, c- could you mention uh, one or two of the of the clients that you're working with uh, there at BHI? I know uh, I know one of them is is HBO. Uh, any that you want to you want to ca- call out? Anything that that you've learned that might have been interesting from any of those clients? Well, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, you know, one of one of the great things about the client base at BHI is that it is a range of the largest studio content creators that you we all hear about every day from Warner Brothers and Universal and HBO down to, you know, these nascent startups um, that are technology-based but have an entertainment hook to them. You know, but, um, you know, one of, one, of the, one of the most interesting things that I, that I would say, and this is from a PR and marketing perspective, is that um, in this industry in entertainment, you have so many of these built-in hardcore fan bases that you really do need to strike a balance between marketing and communicating to those that will hold you to the, the, the smallest degree of, of, of error for the source material. And yet, you also have to speak to the broad mainstream audience that might be experiencing your product for the first time. And it's a really, really difficult uh, line to walk because... You know, and, and, and to, to just get a little, again, a little more colloquial, you get called out by the fanboys all the time. And whether that's Game of Thrones or for HBO or uh, we, we, we represent DC Entertainment, so obviously you're talking there about something that spans comics to television to, to film. Again, you know, you, it's, a, it's a really fine balance because, you know, I'm trying to reach that, you know, that, 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 demographic that has only maybe sampled that content to the person that has read every letter of every page of every book that became a television show that became a movie. So it really, um, you know, it, it's something where um, the messaging and, and, the, and the way that you segment that messaging becomes, uh, you know, a, a work in progress every day. Terrific. Okay, we've got to go to a break, but Jerry, just give the listeners, please, uh, how do they find you? Is it, uh, you know, I think it, it could be your, your fantastic uh, Instagram or Snapchat feed that I know you're posting amazing stuff on or your website. What's the best way to find you? You know, I, I you know, we're actually, and, and just, just as, a, as a way of plugging the fact that we are over, you know, we are about to introduce our new website. Please just visit us at bhimpact.com. That's B-H-I-M-P-A-C-T.com. Um, we just, uh, you know, it's a, we're, we're, in a, we're in an exciting uh, period right now. We've kind of just a formally rebranded as BHI as we've you know kind of gone undergone a bit of a, a, a you know structural uh, overhaul and um, you know the, the some of the clients we've won in the last few months are thrilling you can find that all there you can find it on our BH Impact Facebook page and Twitter feed so uh, yeah I mean uh, we, we we deal in things that uh, people enjoy every day so it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, and as someone who's been to the, been over there to the BHI offices, uh, just the, the kind of merchandise and, and posters and, and, and books and games they have all over the place, it's uh, like being a little bit uh, Willy Wonka for people like me. So, uh, <laughs> so it, it is awesome. So we are going to go to a commercial. Again, you've been listening to Marketing at Lightspeed, and we'll be right back. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Have you found that PR firms are overexpensive and underdeliver? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads? Well, you're not alone. We've had the same experience. 
That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at lightspeedpr.com. Now back to the show. And we are back. Appreciate all of you joining us, and I hope you're enjoying the program. We're, we're uh, now going into our third segment. If, if you're just joining us, my name is Ethan Raziel. This is Marketing at Lightspeed. I am also the, the CEO and the co-founder of Lightspeed PR. And you can find Lightspeed PR at lightspeedpr.com. Joining us right now is the general manager of the New York office of BHI, one of the one of the best PR firms in the country, and that's Jerry Griffin. And Jerry, uh, in addition to being the GM of BHI here in New York, was uh, for many years part of the Samsung team at Edelman. And I wanted to talk uh, with you, Jerry, a little bit about some of the experiences. And we worked on some of the stuff together. So we have some. We have we could talk for hours about this, but we'll do it for about maybe six minutes instead. I wanted to talk to you and, and share with our, our readers some of the interesting things that that went on uh, at Samsung with, with our work with them. So, Jerry, uh, to start, there's there's an interesting macro evolution that has happened with Samsung. Those of you who are maybe over about 35 years old may remember that Samsung w- was not always known as a premium upscale brand as it is today uh, in the 80s. And in the early 90s, Samsung was known as a manufacturer of, of knockoff, uh, cheap, flimsy products. And if you said this to anybody at Samsung, they would agree. Imme- immediately, they would agree that that was the case. And there was, a, there was a moment in time when a conscious decision, this was not a gradual evolution to go from makers of, of, of garbage to makers of amazing products. Mm. It, actually, it actually happened at a specific moment in time. And Jerry, I think you know what I'm talking about. Can you tell our readers about about how that shift happened? I do, and and I, I won't recall the year, so forgive me. But there is an there is a now famous story uh, where the chairman, Chairman Lee of of Samsung, um, essentially after the release of a phone that was reviewed almost unanimously as being absolutely subpar. He was someone that was looking to change that um, perception that Ethan was telling you about, and what he did was essentially take some 
geez, I think it was something like uh, 10,000 phones and uh, pile them high in the parking lot of the Samsung headquarters in Seoul and essentially uh, set them aflame. They, they were, they were, it, was a, it was a bonfire of phones, and he, and he brought the entire uh, Samsung workforce out to, uh, to watch this. And the following day, the edict was, change everything but your wife. And that essentially set in motion the Samsung, the era that, you know, produced the, the Samsung of today, uh, where they are, you know, they are, uh, you know, obviously the global leader, um, you know, in some ways still, a, you know, what they now call a fast follower. And, you know, Samsung's, you know, uh, production and, uh, you know, approach for, um, for years now was to, you know, to catch on to the latest trend and, Make it better and mass produce it, and it's been it's been a remarkable success story. You know, I think the interesting thing for this conversation, Ethan, was that from you know from a marketing perspective and a public relations perspective, that point in time and the years that followed really uh, caused Samsung to get a little bigger than its marketing and public relations approach really was 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 able to handle they got a little they grew up a little too fast i mean they got very big they were they were chasing down sony one year and they were putting them in the rear view the next but they were very they were still very much uh, tied to a a culture that was one of uh, of sort of internal chaos uh, it was very tied to korean values and i'll, I'll always remember in the, in the early going of of those years when we were still doing those as we call them, familiar, familiarization tours. You know, we would we would bring our reporters over from the U.S. to Korea, and we would shepherd them around, and it would be very much all about pomp and circumstance and ceremony. And as we as we started to evolve that and start to introduce things that were, you know, a little more uh, attuned to, um, I guess, what you would call Western values, the the old the old school style of things would get in the way. And I remember I had a very a very a conversation. I remember to the, to this day with with one of my client data days, and I won't name a name. We were planning an event in Europe. And uh, it was it was meant to be hosted by someone uh, by it was a German uh, uh, you know the a German person that um, you know we had picked that was very um, effusive could connect with the crowd etc. And yet the Samsung executives were pushing for you know somewhat of a more staid uh, gentleman that was more uh, engineering based etc. And I was having a, a go with with one of my data days, and she said to me and I'll never forget it. Um, sometimes an executive will look at something as being a success if it was his idea. And that, to me, was one of those things that says, wow, you know, sometimes when you're talking about marketing, you're talking about public relations, or you're talking about event planning, there's a whole host of things you have to consider that have nothing to do with the logistics of simply executing an event cleanly. Yep, that's absolutely right. That's a great key learning. And by the way, the year on that was 1995. Thank you. And uh, and uh, that's right, because I know all. And there there were actually were, and I just I did I'll admit I just looked this up. There were 150,000 phones put into that uh, bonfire. So this was this was no. Well, I guess you could say it, it was a stunt, but but this was no. A empty symbol. They truly destroyed every phone that they sure. had made. They and it, it was it was uh, and then bulldozers raised the whole neighborhood. They destroyed everything and started over. 
and uh, that was an epic moment. And uh, it was uh, it was when when I, I, le- I remember hearing about that and, and telling reporters the story, and they were being they were astonished. And uh, a couple of years ago, the story was part of a cover story in Fortune magazine. The moral of this. When you want to market and when you mark, want to market at light speed is that you, you have to always remember everything you hear. I mean, carry a notepad around with you or a phone that you can, you can dictate into. You hear these things. You, hear, you get ideas for, for your marketing message and your marketing narrative. You never know where you're going to hear something like this that you can use, that you can turn into a blog. You can turn it into social media. You can turn it into something you can reach out to a journalist in your PR effort. Keep your ears open and write, write stuff down. Uh, Jerry, uh, w- one more thing I want to ask you about Samsung. Has anything ever gone wrong? I mean, any, any, uh, any blunders that you can mention or, or any uh, uh, interesting shenanigans that might have gone down that you could talk about? Well, you know, the one thing that stands out for me is, <clears throat> excuse me, not something that Samsung did wrong necessarily, but so, that, that's something that Samsung was associated with by, uh, you know, by simply being a sponsor that I was actually very intimately involved in. In 2008, um, as part of the Beijing Olympics, the Summer Olympics in, in China, uh, the, the, the Beijing government had decided to do an international Olympic torch relay. And, uh, you know, for those familiar with the Olympics, there's always a torch relay that, that takes the torch through the host country. But in 2004, in celebration of the 100th anniversary of the Olympics, the Greek uh, government had done one that had gone all over the world. And it was, it was well celebrated. It was a terrific idea. And, you know, and basically the Beijing government decided to, you know, really jump on that. But they did it from a pretense that really wasn't all about the Olympics as much as it was about promoting China. And the, um, you know, and the problem there was that China was facing scores of human rights violations, uh, accusations, uh, protests within their own country, um, you know, the, the ongoing issues with Taiwan, etc. So, and, and then they decided to make the torch relay itself all about promoting China. So, you know, these, these torch relays were less about the Olympic spirit and the Olympic flame as they were about basically, you know, uh, Chinese sort of uh, propaganda rallies. It was it was go China go. They would they would flood the, uh, the the places with expats, and it would be it, whether you were in, whether you were in Istanbul or Buenos Aires or Dar es Salaam um, in Africa. You, it was really just about China, and you know if you if you combine all that with some of the volatility of some of the countries like um, like 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 in Paris where we were we were protested and and we were we were greeted with the term Calabra, which was a, a World War II term for Nazi sympathizers. It was really just something where any of the sponsors, and in that case it was Coca Cola, Lenovo, and Samsung, were just caught in a no win situation. So really, you were talking about a thirty one day exercise. Where where you know millions of dollars were spent, and it was really just about surviving in terms of your brand remaining intact and not taking with with you sort of the um, you know the the anti Chinese sentiment that was uh, that was pervasive through that entire torch relay. So it basically comes down to you know for someone like Samsung who is is and still is today a longtime Olympic sponsor. You're going to have to go with the good and the bad um, with what that entails when it's when when the global audience is your stage. That is, uh, Jerry. I got to tell you, I, I remember this, and and uh, it it was shocking 
what what went on in China. Um, uh, those of you who, who want to hear more about this, you, you talk to Jerry about it because this is just scratching the surface of of some of the the uh, experiences that you had uh, traveling around the world with the torch. But it's definitely one of the more epic things that that I've ever I've ever uh, even witnessed. Well, and, j- and just as a quick aside to close out my segment here, I do remember calling you from Vietnam, and it was about 4 a.m. your time. <laughs> yep. I just needed someone to read the statement that I was about to give to the Chinese uh, you know, uh, coalition for uh, one of the runners that they were trying to remove from the race. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I remember that. Oh, wow. Th- those were, those were, those were, those were um, interesting times. They were. They were. Okay. Uh, so, Jerry, thank you. Uh, that's that's great stuff. I, I want to introduce Amanda, and uh, this is uh, Amanda Prosha. She is along with me, the co-founder of Lightspeed PR. Uh, Amanda, can you give the give our listeners a little bit of your background? Sure. Um, well, like Ethan said, I am the co-founder of Lightspeed. Um, I started my career in much the same way Jerry and Ethan did um, in a big agency. Um, I actually, I, very very early part of my career, I was working in Washington D.C. Um, for a lobbying firm doing communication support there. Then I moved up to New York and joined Burton Marsteller, which is also one of the world's largest public relations agencies. And I had a terrific, well, many years there doing uh, in the marketing practice. I was also a member of the public affairs practice there. Um, and that's when I really began to focus my career more on content creation. And as a writer, I became a speechwriter for one of our big clients. Um, I did a little dabble in uh, branding, worked at Interbrand for a while, which was a terrific experience as well. And then, as Ethan mentioned, I went to work in-house. I don't know if I'd call it going to the dark side, but I went to work in-house at American Express, and I spent five years in the uh, corporate affairs and communications team at American Express. After, um, After those years, as Ethan mentioned, he and I had the good fortune of um, both looking for something new and a and, uh, new and better way of doing our profession at that point. And it was right around the same time, fortunately. So we decided to start up Lightspeed, and the rest is history. Yes, and uh, amazingly enough, that was almost three years ago. And I, I will never forget uh, the Lightspeed was born when we started talking at a fundraiser for a little boy who had cancer. Yes. And uh, we we just were we're at this fundraiser and we just were like I was like what are you doing and you're like well what are you doing and we just kind of <laughs> said we both it was amazing how much we were aligned and for those of you who don't know uh, Amanda is married to a very good friend of mine who I've known for gosh I guess uh, 20 years or so uh, Frank Prosha and uh, uh, it just worked out that we were on similar paths and and had a very similar frustration with this bureaucracy, right? And uh, this slowness, and we wanted to, to be able to be efficient and responsive and nimble and all those things, and we both felt the same way. So it's really been, been a, great, a great partnership. And, and it was amazing how much our backgrounds dovetailed, um, where yep. Ethan had deep and extensive experience on the technology side. That was actually the one area that I had never worked in. Um, I've worked in almost every other discipline of public relations, which I can talk about more if anyone's interested. If you're wondering which type of public relations there might be good for you, I've probably done it. Um, but uh, it was terrific to have sort of a full complement of experience to bring to our new clients at Lightspeed. That's right. And we're going to tell you a little bit more about that when we come back on the other side. We'll tell you a little about some of the things that we have learned at Lightspeed as 
as uh, contrasted from the things that that, uh, that that Jerry and I have learned with from Edelman and Samsung. So join us in just a few minutes on the other side. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network have you found that pr firms are over expensive and under deliver have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of raising grads well you're not alone we've had the same experience that's why we created lightspeed pr Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit lightspeedpr.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's lightspeedpr.com. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. are tuned into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at LightspeedPR.com. Now back to the show. Hey, it's good to be back with you. I want to thank my... my uh, by uh, my two guests, Amanda Prosha and Jerry Griffin. We have one, one last segment. And if you have joined us uh, in the middle of the show and you want to catch up on what you may have missed, well, here's the good news. It's not too late to catch up. If you go to voiceamerica.com, you will be able to download this show in MP3 and listen to it on whatever device you want. And we also will be on iTunes as a podcast starting tomorrow. So all that will be linked from voiceamerica.com. You can just look at the Marketing at Lightspeed page on voiceamerica.com. So Amanda, uh, you you spoke a little bit before the break about why uh, you and I decided to start Lightspeed. And uh, that was uh, just coming up on three years now. So are there any challenges that that uh, any struggles that you want to tell our listeners about and maybe some of the ways we've gotten around those? Sure. Um, as I'm sure everyone can imagine, starting a new business is always going to prevent some challenges for, for anyone. Um, but um, I think, honestly, the, the biggest challenges we faced were all the things we, we didn't think about. You know, we, we walked into this with certainly enough experience to do public relations, certainly good breadth of background from both of our sides, we knew we could bring you know, great expertise to our clients and that we could bring in the, the clients. Um, 
I think we even had a few clients waiting to work with us before we even officially formed. Um, That's right. It was the things we, we didn't think about. It was um, the formation of a business. Um, it's an enormous amount of paperwork and planning that goes into forming a business. You have to decide how you're going to organize. Um, you got to get an accountant. You got to get a lawyer. You've got to you've got to um, you know set up your technology. You have to make a bit of a capital investment just just to get everything going and, and, and in gear. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time uh, sitting in various offices, filling out a lot of forms, and 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 just making us official. Um, then, of course, as we as we were up and running, there's there's the actual seat of running the business and making it go. Um, another challenge we hadn't expected was finding great talent. We figured, oh, there would be plenty of people out there with all the experience that we have. We could just bring in all of these terrific people, and they'll. They'll know how to run the business the way we do and service our clients the way at the levels that we expect. And unfortunately, it wasn't quite as easy as we had planned on. Um, so I, I will use this opportunity to to make a plea to any listeners out there who have public relations experience and might want to work with us. Please send along a resume. Um, we are always hiring. We are in the very fortunate position of, of growing and have uh, worked with some fantastic clients who have really, really exciting and different businesses that we work on. So if you're interested, please send an email or over to Ethan at lightspeedpr.com. Um, those are, I think those were the, the biggest challenges that, that we, we faced and, we, and to some extent we, we still face. It's, it's an ongoing management process. These are indeed ongoing challenges. And by the way, I should clarify for people or, or, or tell people who may be wondering, Lightspeed and, and BHI are both PR agencies, but we're, we're structured in a very different way. BHI is a, a more traditional setup where there are, are offices and people go to the go to the office and they've got New York and LA and and uh, I think a couple of other offices that people can work in. Lightspeed is part of a, a growing trend of a new kind of PR agency. We're a virtual agency, and and so everybody works from wherever they want. And we get together when we have meetings and, and especially when we're with clients, we, we get together all the time. But if we don't need to, we don't. And we just work where we are. And that keeps our overhead low and, and allows us to uh, deliver more results back to client. But I wanted to explain that because you may be wondering about it. So, man, another question for you. Uh, we, we, we've gotten a couple of years under our belt and, and we have now, we have, uh, we're up to, I think the last time I counted, we had uh, 13 or 14 clients but what were the benefits for you in, in, in creating, creating that? Uh, what, what, what do you think? What were the biggest benefits for you? Well, in addition to having the terrific opportunity to be your own boss, which, you know, while it does bring a lot of challenges and a whole set of headaches that you never have as an employee, it does bring um, a certain level of freedom, which is wonderful. You get to build the kind of business that you know you can believe in. You get to work with the people that you want to work with and on the, on the types of projects that you want to work on, um, which is, is always thrilling. Um, I think the biggest benefit for me is that, um, you know, together we've been able to do PR in the way that we've always felt that it should be done, but we, we were hamstrung a bit by the organizations we were in. Um, and we've been able to bring that to, to a lot of uh, the people we work with and a lot of people we work for. I, I would agree with that, and you know, for for me, I would just say that it's been incredibly rewarding to realize that when light light speed is something that Amanda and I essentially made up three years ago. We sat there and said, "Let's make this thing," and 
Somebody at one point did the same thing. They, whether it's Microsoft or, 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 or Mercedes, somebody invented that. And you can do the same. Uh, and uh, I, I want to encourage you all to do that. Whatever you put your mind to, you can accomplish, and it's it's incredibly rewarding. Okay, I think this is the last question we're going to have time for. But Amanda, is there? Do you have time? You have a quick uh, story you can tell from uh, uh, experience you've had with clients or, or coworkers, perhaps. Oh God, there's there's so many stories. I don't think I have anything at the level of of Jerry's stories of traveling the world with the Olympic torch, but there's just. There's so many things, especially as as a writer, which is a, still a large part of my job. Um, I'm always struck by the number of people I work with who, you know, they're engineers or they're technology people or they're, you know, they have a background as, as in, in legal or in finance. Literally, everyone thinks they're an excellent writer, and it always presents a challenge because while you absolutely want to express the voice of the person that you represent and, and you want them to feel as though um, their expressions, their opinions are all getting out there in, in whatever you're creating. Um, there's an enormous amount of editing that has to go along with it. And uh, as Jerry pointed out earlier, a lot of it has very little to do with, with ending up with the best product. A lot of it has to do with egos and a lot of it has to do with um, making sure they feel as though it was successful, even if, you know, maybe it probably it could have been more successful if you'd gone with someone who was a bit of a, a better content creator. But that's a problem I think I have, I've encountered my entire 20-plus career in public relations. Yeah, and I think that's one of those problems that is just not going to go away. Okay, so... So yeah, and it's just a matter of learning how to how to deal with it. So I hope you all have found this to be rewarding. I hope you found hope you learned something. I, I, again, I want to thank uh, Amanda. I want to thank Jerry for spending this time with me. I want to thank all uh, all of you who've who've listened to it or, or or came back in time from the future to listen to it. Please let me know how that is. Uh, you can reach me at Ethan at LightspeedPR.com. That's E T H A N at LightspeedPR.com. And this has been. Marketing at Lightspeed on Voice America. Thanks so much for listening this week to Marketing at Lightspeed. Please join Ethan Raziel next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you improve your marketing one show at a time. 